Jared Boyd is an expert workers' compensation attorney from Kansas City, Missouri. He obtained his undergrad degree from Mizzou and his JD from the Oklahoma City University School of Law. He is also the president of the Workers' Injury Law and Advocacy Group, and we'll learn more about that shortly. JR was elected managing partner of his law firm, Boyd & Kenter, and now J.R. Boyd. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me here. Great to see you. Good to see you as well, my friend. Thanks for being here. Now, you're from Kansas City. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Which, uh, which city has the best barbecue? Uh, that's kind of a softball question. It's always going to be Kansas City, without <laughs> a question. I'm not sure I can argue with you on that one. Well, most people wouldn't, so uh, I've got a little bit of expertise, as my waistline would show. <laughs> <laughs> To rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah! Hell yeah! Quick, quick, quick. Small banana. Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Right on the cowboy! People! Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China, we love the plan there. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? I think actually, guys, um, we'll call this a new episode. I think we... We're probably going to devote maybe even a full episode to just the party. <laughs> I really do think that's possible. So. Yes. Um, All for it. Yeah, I'm just going to mark this in the audio yep. that... Sure. Um, Hit the slate. Yep. <laughs> All right, so let's talk And we're about, back. Let's talk about this uh, holiday party. Um, Let's do it. Who wants to take us through it? Uh, we have all the time in the world here, so I don't, you know, I want no stone to go unturned. So we open here on this saxophone, uh, the saxophone player. I mean, player, let's talk we- about this band. This band is smoking. All right, <laughs> we we open on this band. Uh, it's it's an amazing, actually, a, a, be- a beautifully uh, set up shot of a an upside down sax player just wailing on his horn, and then we see it pans up, and it's a reflection on a grand piano, uh, and we get the you know the the regular uh, shot of this this band in black tie, and they are just ripping through a rendition of Love Shack by the B-52s. This party is lit AF. It is a vibe. Uh, later on, they they, uh, they they transition into a little uh, Lenny Kravitz, It Ain't Over Till It's Over. Mm-hmm. Just amazing, top-notch, phenomenal song selection. And, uh, yeah, these guys are wailing. They're, it's this, this party, clearly, they spared no expense. Jack Mosley, you know, spent untold hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of, of blood money on this soiree. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Bombs and, are being dropped overseas as these assholes sip their eggnog. Yes. Do not think about how, what blood built this. Several non-governmental go- terrorist <laughs> organizations have been armed uh, to Absolutely. pay for this party. Um, and yep. all I could think of when I see this saxophone player, it was driving me crazy. Does the name G.E. Smith mean anything to of you course. guys? It does indeed. Of Mr. course. SNL. It's the Saturday Night Live Home Video Collection. Now you can enjoy all the classic moments and your favorite characters with a show that gave you a reason to stay home on Saturday night. This band yeah. is uh, also featuring, if you really look closely, there's just a look of the early 90s man that I haven't seen come back, which was just shaving sideburns way too high. Like all of them shave their sideburns like way mm. past, like there is no sideburn. It's just like. Yeah, they cut it right off at the ear. Yeah, and these guys are just tan, leathery, no, they're just ripping their smooth white guy jazz because boy it's like these guys are just you know they're playing love shack 
And is that a six-string bass, electric bass? Is that what I see? It Some guys appears to be. Yes, definitely playing a bass with more than four strings. Yes, that bass. Uh, yeah, he's playing what might be an electric lute. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an electric lute with like one of those like V bodies. It's uh... the drummer does not look to be having the best of time with this band. He seems like a session guy. That's like you want me to drive where? Yeah, I'm living you're paying in me how much? You All right, Greenwich. I'll be there. I want to go out to Greenwich to play for some hoity-toity crowd, but people yeah. are into it, and we. You're paying me twenty k. Okay, yeah, I'll skip my <laughs> New Year's party. I'll be there. And this is the first time where I see that we are getting the glimpse of Doug Dorsey, class trader. This is he goes from just a scene before wearing a worker's right shirt to. I am now in a tuxedo, bumping shoulders with the upper echelon class of America. Each of these people have done things that you can't imagine for their fortune. Who are the Bilderberg Group? And why do they meet every year? What do they talk about? And why the secrecy? Do they intend to rule the world? So over there, the world power elite are gathering. We all talk about a democracy that isn't there. People want to know what's going on, what we're talking about. A global tyranny that would have made George Orwell wince. Doug is in there and just fine mm. with it. He is, yeah, although is he, he like... He, he's he, starting he, to taste it. He dresses the part, but as we'll get to, I think I think his 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 class roots uh, come out pretty you know yeah. pretty clearly pretty quickly. This is true. I think a, a really effective uh, thing about the cinematography here is the way the camera follows Doug from behind as it's it's a tracking shot where he's just like wandering through this party uh, and. Yeah. At one point, he turns and he catches profile, and you could see like he's like, "I don't belong here." Like I'm wearing the penguin suit yep. I'm here in my tuxedo. Everyone is clearly so coked out; they're having so <laughs> much fucking yeah. fun. They're having a blast, and I don't like I don't belong. Yeah, like, I'm clearly just Dougie belong. from Ahorn. And there's a scene. Yeah, later he's like that- a guy from Southie who has robbed several banks and <laughs> does not belong at this bar. His idea of a good he's time. Taking is money from these people. Going to watch the yeah. socks with his boys and yeah, yeah, yeah. having some casual sex with his girl Crystal. Seem to be having a bit of a staring contest over there. What can I say? Boys like me. I bet they do. <laughs> I was at a bar one night, right? And there was this guy there who was going around to all the ladies and telling them that he was judging a hugging contest. Some of them actually bought it. Right? So he's throws his arms around them, rubs their back, grabs their ass. Charming. So finally I get sick of it, and I go up to this guy, and then I tell him that I am judging a face-punching contest. Oh, I'd have punched him myself. By the way, I'm here tonight judging a fucking contest. <laughs> what are you doing down here? Slumming? I work for the FBI. Me too. That's <laughs> <laughs> Town crossover. <laughs> Part of the BCU. Yeah, so Doug is wandering through this party, and he's just taking in the whole thing, and he glances up at that banister of the steps, and my God, we see Moira Kelly from below. So the camera's shooting up at Moira. He's still my heart. And it's just, there's just, I mean, the set deck for this party is really outstanding. I mean, the, 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 the house is just decorated in this very sort of festive Christmas holiday uh, vibe. There's flowery there's garland lights, everywhere. Garland. There's just like these like, fl- you know, like flowy, like angel, what are you, seeing... like statuettes, like on the banister posts. <laughs> and It's really very carefully shot because you see these, you know, silver and gold Christmas ornaments, you know, just sort of subliminally reminding you of like, you know, 
wealth and beauty. And we look up and we see what I know Ben will describe as an absolute angel here. Mm-hmm. Moira Kelly. Um, swathed, swathed in black velvet. Yep, wearing a black velvet dress. And who comes down the steps as Doug is watching her, places his arm around her back, pu- puts a hand on her shoulder. It's the face. Yes, it's the, the, it's face. the face. It is the, the face. The face has arrived, yep. folks. He's alive Welcome. and well. Welcome, welcome, Face. <laughs> We've been Farst. waiting for you. We yeah. haven't learned his name quite yet, but it's Hale Farst. You mean Hale, yep. Hale Face? Hale First face. name, Hale. Face, last folks. Name, face. Yes. Face has Middle graced us with his presence. He's in from the London office. Uh, we know all about him. He's been working on his MBA yep. at, at Harvard. Got a few credits been, left at a little school yep. you might have heard of called Harvard. <laughs> yep, yep. And yes. he's been taking care of uh, Father's, uh, you know, shop over in over in London, mm-hmm. taking care of the London office, mm-hmm. and he's home for his holiday party. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, he's there in the uh, the bow tie, the tuxedo, and uh, he looks the part. You know, he looks the part. Yeah, he's extremely white, extremely blonde haired. Uh, I will say, uh, scanning through this back and forth, scrubbing through, there's not a single non-white face in this entire party. Correct. Which is just like f- exquisite casting and <laughs> intentional like scene set. Like all the extras, like ev- like everyone is blonde or gray haired. There's like a yes. couple of like sandy hair brunettes in there, but the ha- like everything is like. It is the whitest yes. party in like movie history. It's it's perfect. Today we'll take a look at the Greenwich Market Report for the first quarter of 2023, and then I'll give you my boots on the ground perspective to give you a better idea of what's happening now as the spring market takes off. Hi, my name is Charlie Vinci. I'm a former construction business owner turned real estate agent. My family's been in Connecticut's Gold Coast for five generations. Buyers, you'll keep from missing opportunities and avoid overpaying with my approach. Sellers, you'll net the most money with my experience of flipping homes for profit and by exposing your home to more buyers via this channel. Call me when you're ready to buy or sell. You may recall from the last few Greenwich Market updates that the median price has been jumping around a bit due to the low number of sales. Since this graph represents the first quarter rather than just one month, it will give you a better idea of what's going on. I suspected that the Greenwich market was softening a bit during the winter, and indeed, the median sales price dropped to just over 1.4 million. Last year, we were at 1.595 million in the first quarter, and the year before, we were at 1.515 million. It feels very appropriate for Greenwich, Connecticut, Mm -hmm. A, and it also feels very appropriate for a movie made in 1994. Mm-hmm. 92. Um, 92. Yeah. Oh, shot 91. Mm-hmm. Came out yeah. It feels, it also just feels very appropriate for a movie shot in the early 90s where there wasn't sort of this like woke awareness of like diversity on screen. Like oh, if yeah. this movie was, if this movie was being made today. 1000% the casting department and all the producers would have a they would have so much sensitivity around this issue yes. in a way that would frankly make it feel very artificial yeah, oh totally it's, it's like, inauthentic to like, what this Connecticut crowd yeah, is yeah no like what what Greenwich Connecticut this is is, is, it is wasps this it's is wasps it in it's, the, it's just rich white mirror. people no yeah. it's an uncomfortable mirror and I do think that if I'm going to say there's a crossover with the Paul Michael Glazer, uh, you know, oeuvre of his work, this is the exact kind of crowd who sponsor and secretly push politicians to let the running, <laughs> the running man games <laughs> exist. Like this is that crowd. They're like, I'll just call the senator and tell him that we need the running man game. Yes. We need to have our lower class fight. For, for our amusement. <laughs> like, that's the kind of conversations that are just casually happening at this party. I need, to, I need to re-watch The Running Man before our next recording session, but I have a strong <laughs> hunch that there are parallels you, between this film and The Running Man. You said our next recording session. I need to re-watch The Running Man before our next recording session. You can't keep getting away with it! Before our next recording session, before our next recording session, session, it is a it is a movie about a a spectator uh, event, 
uh, with competitors wearing spandex uh, <laughs> under, you know, roving spotlights um, with a lot of class elements involved. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the movie opens on a construction site. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I want to. Yeah, let, let, we'll, we'll table that for now. We'll, we'll but table that it. could be a. A There's supplemental episode in the future. <laughs> you know, the unintentional Paul Michael Glazer uh, cinematic universe of what he was tying together between yeah. uh, the running man and Kazam. We could catch it all. Oh, but boy. so we do at this party. I feel like we can talk about that. Doug has basically gone into a room that this is obviously not comfortable for him yet. I agree with you. He gets more well, comfortable he, as the film goes on. I just want to say really quickly, he sees the face place his arm around Moira and he sees Moira, Moira smile. And I think it just sort of like crystallizes that like, he's like, right. She's accounted for. She has a happy life. Like there's never going to be anything romantic yeah, plus and real between us. Immediately looking from far away. You're like that guy went to Harvard. Yeah. I didn't even graduate. I'm he knows South he's in he, way over he his head. In state or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right. he's out of his depth. At one point, someone comes over to try to pass him an hors d'oeuvre, and Doug is like, like totally like, I, no, is do that? I use my fingers? That's not a hamburger. Like, yeah. I don't want that. No, 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 no. Thank you. Like, he, yeah, yeah. He, he. So he's an outsider. Doesn't know how to and, act. And 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 he just sort of accepts his place as an outsider at this party. And so, what do you do? Uh, I mean, I think we can all relate. I'm sure we've all been at parties. You wander into like, a closed uh, room that's yeah. closed off you're to like, you. I don't... <laughs> you take a crap on the coats. You take a crap <laughs> on the coats. You leave an upper decker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anyone. I'm gonna find like a fucking vacant <laughs> room and just chill and pretend there that I'm never... keeping myself busy, uh, yeah. looking at old oil paintings this, of ancestors. This is the early 90s equivalent of being at a party and text, like, pretending you have to respond to a text message <laughs> yes. or something. Yes, yes. When oh you're my just God, like, dude. in actuality, you're oh, like, fuck. I just don't... Can you imagine being at a party without a phone? That just like hit me like a ton of bricks. This is what you would do, man. You would go to a fucking office. Go to a random room and like, you know, part of... (laughs) I mean, he goes in this room and there is in the background what appears to be a small Picasso. Uh, So just (laughs) once again, just being rubbed in his face. Is that Vaz uh, painting? Like actually a famous? No, the, the the little one, the little blue one. Over the fireplace. Oh, right over the fireplace, over the mantle, yes. Yeah. Cubism elements, little eyeballs there. <laughs> yeah, good, I feel good, like good Jack catch. acquired this, you know, in some auction after yet again. <laughs> like, yeah, a whole he definitely, shipment of arms to. He went to MoMA, saw it, and he was said, I'll like, just I'll take it. Wrap that up for my Yeah, he definitely Kate. took that from some German dealer post World War II. <laughs> yes. And, you know, they mentioned that uh, Kate has never gotten gold, but they have obviously this whole trophy case of just like she's won a lot of figure skating awards. So obviously Jack is so proud of her, but it's very obvious that he does not know how to express that at all. Jack at this point has already had a dinner with his daughter where she's just unconscious and he's like eating a meal around her. <laughs> right. Like, when her head hits the plate. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, I don't even care about my daughter's health. Who cares? <laughs> like, so that's kind of what this room establishes is just this like world that Doug can't even fathom he knows he doesn't belong here she belongs with like a hail uh yeah. kind of twerpy dipshit who's clearly like a trust fund nepo baby part of like the you know the hail forest family it's gone back three generations that's just to me <laughs> what i read from this scene it just occurred to me is this the same room that uh doug and jack had their little one-on-one uh powwow earlier in the movie because i think so it's the The fireplace is it the same fire i have to go but let me just check double check this real quick it's me like the same trophies and stuff in the background they only show the ash bucket they do i'm looking at a, a reverse angle it appears to be the same room yeah because they show a little shot of that painting above yes behind jack confirmed it's the same painting yeah okay it is the same painting. same room yes it's the it's the the fireplace den the trophy room but yeah the fact that there's there's all those other trophies displayed but like the biggest most prominent thing in the room is the giant empty box where the gold medal is supposed to go so like in a room that is designed to be like a tribute to kate and all of all of his daughter's like athletic achievements like the thing that he like 
reserves the most space for is a giant empty box reminding her of what she has not won. Yes, and this is theoretically also where Jack Mosley will one day blow his brains out with feds <laughs> descend on his property, splattering all over the all-white vase painting behind his desk. That's just what would happen if there was a cutting edge two that was written in my universe. Oh my god! Early morning, feds swoop Not in and you frantic knocks on the door, and Jack says a it's no time. Not a no, not pulls not open that drawer of his desk. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh anyway, my god! So yes, this is the same Jack Mosley room where business deals are made. Yeah, this is it's where the back a room. Little wadded up piece of paper was shot into. Oh yeah, we pit. see the ash bucket now. Yep, um, the back in the in the in there. the party scene. This is where yeah, Kate's fate was determined without her in the room. Yes. In this in this room, we learn about Moira's mom. Mm. Phil. Kate, looking at your stuff. Great pictures in here. It's your mom, right? Boy, she was a knockout. Yes, she was very pretty. She was a show skater. Well, you know, there's one over here. You look like you're not even old enough to walk yet. You got skates on? And what is this expression on your face? Is that a smile? I never knew you had so many teeth. We usually keep the store closed during the party. We learn um, that she was a show skater, a knockout, according to Doug. <laughs> Immediately, he's like, is that your mom? She's a knockout. I'm like, yeah. dude, <laughs> Give it a beat. Yeah, Doug. Yo. <laughs> you don't know. Slow down. <laughs> Might be a little insensitive there, buddy. <laughs> Mom's clearly dead. Listen. He's <laughs> like, whoa, your mom's He nice can't cans. help himself. He's he red-blooded. <laughs> He's just a red, white, and blue man. That's right. And what is this expression on your face? Is that a smile? I never knew you had so many teeth. We usually keep the store closed during the party. What am I, some guy off the street? But you probably didn't recognize me in my rig here. Pretty sharp, huh? Sixty nine ninety five. Yeah. So, so Moira catches Doug here. She catches him off guard, and um, Doug says to her, "You probably didn't recognize me in his tuxedo." Mm-hmm. He says sixty nine ninety five. And my question for you guys is: so we're thinking that's the rental price, or he bought that tuxedo for sixty nine dollars? Oh, rental. There is a very special name when it comes to men's formal wear. President Tuxedo. Why? Perhaps the styles, always appropriate. Perhaps the selection, Yves Saint Laurent, Lord West, Pierre Cardin. President Tuxedo. No more expensive, but much more distinctive. For your wedding, formal occasion, or just a night on the town. Consider President Tuxedo. There's one near you. This is a rental. That's a rental. Probably. You know I don't know. recognize them? The Workers League of America. <laughs> you've been hurt in a car accident, a fall, or any kind of accident. You may be entitled to money. Get the money you deserve for your injuries. Speak with a lawyer now. Call 1-800-677-2020. The call is free. The advice is free. Call 1-800-677-2020. If you've been hurt by anything, we're waiting for your call. Call toll-free 1-800-677-2020. I would not recognize him. They'd be like, who are you? Absolute you betrayer of his class. <laughs> but yes, he's feeling uncomfortable. He's rented this tuxedo, but he wants, he's, he's flaunting it. He's like, don't I look good? Can I be somebody you could see something in? Yeah. He's, he's, he's tossing it out there. What do you think? Can I fake it till I make it? With you, that is. Uh, but you know what? Kate kind of takes the bait, and she's like, hang on, give me a second here, and she starts to... Fixes him. Yep. yep. She starts to straighten out that shoulder, the he- the hemline, or what is it called? The, yep. You know, she's, she's yep. brushing some some lint off of, off his shoulders. What am I, some guy off the street? But you probably didn't recognize me in my rig here. It's pretty sharp, huh? 69.95? Turn around. Turn around. <sighs> Done? Yes. And there's a there's a little moment there where she's like, I could do this every Saturday night before we go out to a fancy dinner. Yeah, I could I could see this perhaps <laughs> in my future. 
Um, it's a very little like domestic moment. You know? Interesting moment here as, as, as we leave the office. So, so they, they exit the office together and a, a cater waiter walks by with a, a silver tray of champagne flutes. Mm-hmm. Doug grabs two. I was going to tell you that book you gave me. It's pretty good. Really? Using it as a doorstop or a coaster? Very funny. Here. No, I don't drink. It's only champagne. I've never had a drink in my life. I'm kidding. Are you afraid you're going to get fat? I hardly expect you to understand. He offers one to Moira, and she says, I've never had a drink in my life. I don't expect you to understand. Yeah. That's a bombshell. Bombshell. Never had a drink. She's Mormon. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. She doesn't drink. She doesn't smoke. She doesn't... No caffeine. uh, Yeah, No caffeine. I mean, honestly... At this point, it wouldn't, well it would, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, she is homeschooled. We know that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't have much time to process that uh, incredible, shocking news because who stumbles into the frame? Hey, Hale! Doug Dorsey Hale Forrest. It's time. And they're sucking. It is face. time for yeah. the face-off. <laughs> the face-off. Doug Dorsey Hale Forrest. Well, finally. Secret weapon. In the flesh. <laughs> I guess this calls for a toast. Let's drink to the little people. I understand you were at Minnesota State. For a while. I used to play a little hockey myself. For fun. Well, let me know. We'll slap it around sometime. <laughs> sure. And maybe you can stop by the office. Give me a hand with some currency arbitrage. If you two will excuse me, naked male insecurity really leaves me cold. Must be tough to stay away. I understand you've been giving Kate a rough time of it. You know Kate? Yes, I do. And I don't like to see her upset. If I was you, I'd invest in blindfolds. It's Hale, a.k.a. The Face, and it is the first time that Doug is face-to-face with The Face. With with this man who goes by the name of Hale Forrest. Mm-hmm. Hale a face. And they immediately uh, get into a dick measuring con- con- like contest. This it's little tete tete is perfect. It's so <laughs> it's good. It's like a little. It's like a classic. Like you know, I feel like we've all been here in this scenario where you have mm-hmm. to play it polite, but you're definitely swinging swinging dicks around. Oh yeah. To, like, There's some passive aggressive. Class trash being thrown around oh right God. from the right from the jump. Yep. Um, so Hale says, "Oh, this party calls for a little toast." And Doug says, "Let's drink to the little people fighting for the WILG." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doug comes Let's out. Let's drink swinging. to the little people. Let's drink to the little people. In that your point, face, Mr. Hale Harvard. Claims, oh, like I heard you played hockey. I played a little bit of hockey myself. And Doug is like, "Well, we should slap it around a little." You know, invite me out there. Let's slap it around a little. So now he's like basically, you know, slap it around a little is something I've never heard <laughs> describing hockey. Hockey, yeah. So, you know, like slap it around. That, slap it around. Slap, slap it, around. it around. Just a little dick fight here. The slap disdain, the disgust is just like dripping out of Doug's pores right yes. now. The face represents like everything that Doug despises deep down in his bones. Yep. Um, he represents all that he hates most in life, um, which of course is why he later becomes a bank robber in Charleston. Uh, to get revenge on exactly these types of people. We're fucked if we see a helicopter. We're fucked if we see SWAT. We see a cruiser, stop, take out the engine blocks, keep moving. No one needs to get hurt. Now, these guys like to test you, though. They want to get hurt for $10 an hour. Don't get in the way. Absolutely. Let's go. No matter how hard you work, they'll never accept you. They just won't. Yep. So Hale also mentions that, you know, oh, you should come to my office place of all business and do arbitrage or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. He says some shit that you're like, you snooty little bitch. Like, you just want to punch him and break his oh. stupid sniveling nose so bad. I want to grab his head and just shake it until I break yeah. it off. And Moira recognizes what is happening. She's no dummy. She sees these boys are yeah. getting into a <laughs> peacock contest. Oh, yeah. 
you know? So a lot of stuff transpires at this party. And before it gets away from me, um, I think it's sort of a seminal point in the film. And I want to put forward this theory that I have. And we can sort of meditate and stew on this throughout the, you know, our talking about the scene and the rest of the film. But here's here's what I'm thinking and seeing and hearing about this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious where you guys fall on this. Mm-hmm. So increasingly... I think this movie is about two lovers from opposite sides of the tracks. Sort of a, a common tried and true narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's Romeo and Juliet, Gone with the Wind, yeah. The Notebook. Weathering right? Heights, sure. Exactly. Great expectations. Yeah. I haven't read it in a while. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I'm like, Doug. To me. You don't have a leather-bound edition, Christian? No, but I don't have pictures. I ain't reading it. <laughs> so... To me, an essential sort of fundamental question of this film is basically whether a rich woman or really just like a rich person can fall in love with a pauper. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like, can a princess actually fall in love with a frog? Yes. Um, It's basically the story of the frog prince. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that fable. Oh, quite familiar. This is basically, this is, yeah, this is basically Beauty and the Beast. This is a classic love story, right? The cutting edge is suddenly in the conversation with some of the all-time great love tales. Yeah. And this party ends with literally sparks flying. Uh-huh. Like they're basically like, oh shit, do we love one another? And as it's happening, it's New Year's, everyone's counting down, and there's literally sp- it, like sparklers that appear to be, I hope they're outside, from a fire <laughs> safety concern. But if that mansion burned down, do you think Jack Wilson would feel anything? No. Buy a new one tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind. I'm of sure he would make millions off of the insurance. Oh, they are very much inside having this sparkler fight. <clears throat> so but yeah, what's, sparks are flying. What's wild? What, what's wild is that while it's like classically a love story, it's also sort of a classic sports story in that it's really a story. It's the story of the underdog. Mm-hmm. It's really a story about whether or not a washed-up has-been hockey player can score, can win the love, can catch the fancy of one of figure skating's top prospects. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me, the, those narratives really crystallize here at the party. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a love story about class, people from opposite sides of the tracks. And um, it also must be right. mentioned at this sparkler scene that Doug, <laughs> every lady in the party is... Essentially, sexually assaulting Doug. I'm just going to say it. Everybody is yeah. like, oh, no, we're going to go. We're going to get there. We're not there yeah. yet. We're not going to get there. Oh, we're, we're not there we, yet. You got to be patient like with that's this. A little, that's years. a little foreshadowing. I know. I know. You want to just rush through everything here, but Unlike we're going to take our I'm time. Just a Cretan who's <laughs> wants to just do it, get, get the action. Just ram jam it through and move on. <laughs> the, the, other, the other thing I just want to flag, I just want to call it out now because I'm not sure it's been explicitly brought up yet mm. in this record is that. At this point, so we're about 40 minutes into the movie, um, this is effectively the pajama party from With Honors. Yes. Effectively, um, uh, yes. What, uh, Doug meets the, the face. The, the, Hold on. I, the have, party. Uh, I actually have that film on my desktop. One second. Monty! Where is he? Is he upstairs? Took the links? Great. I'm ready. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. I just couldn't worm another one out of them. Hello? For you, Lord Montague. That's okay. Monty's a monk. He'll take me as his date. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. I've already got a date. You do? Yeah. Taking Simon. So then I guess I'll take you, Jeff. Great. What about the face? He can fend for himself. So what are you going to wear on your date? Oh, well, I don't know, because my evening gown hasn't come back from the cleaners yet. Well, honey, hasn't anyone told you Lynx is a pajama party? Boy, oh boy, oh boy, did anybody ever tell you you look just like Marilyn? Monroe. No, Schwartz. Her father owns a deli where we get this knockwurst. It's the best. 
Links. The links. Yes, the links. Honey, hasn't anyone told you the links the is, a is a pajama party? Oh, what are you wearing? Yeah. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Wait, guys, do you want to talk about with honors for the next hour? No, Absolutely. sorry. Absolutely. I mean, never mind, never mind. So, okay, let's do it. So, <laughs> so um, this is basically the links. Yeah, this right? is definitely this, the links. This, this is the link. Except this we time have is Doug, Doug slash Monty. Is, Doug slash Monty. Or is, is Doug seeing. Simon? No, oh, Doug is Monty. Doug is Monty. Monty. Yeah, I guess you're right. He is seeing uh, Moira Kelly with the face. Mm-hmm. And if you look closely, if you squint, Ben, if you squint your eyes, mm-hmm. Christian, pull it up. I'm going to give you a time code 4051. You can very clearly see Anton. Played by Joe Pesci, oh. dancing with Claudia Hara. <laughs> oh my God. Forty fifty one. You pull it up right now. I do agree that Anton is forty fifty one. You pull it up. He's getting wild. into it. You pull it up. Oh my God! You tell God. me that that's not Claudia Hara that 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 Joe Pesci is dancing with right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Tall, yes. statuesque, blonde. Yes. Yep. Somebody yep. Way too young. Way out of Anton's for, league, but he's spit a little league. Walt Whitman verse at her, and I she mean, said, "Correct." Excuse me. What's your name? On stolen. He looks shit faced on stolen. Oh point. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Anton hasn't moved like that since he was back in the uh, in the army uh, ice skating league back in. Uh, you know, if Gore Vidal slash Pit Cannon is at this party, he's waving a dollar. At Anton to buy some booze. <laughs> oh yeah, he, knows what he wants some out of there. Needs just another dollar. Yeah, and that's what uh, Anton is is trying to you know, <laughs> move in on this young hot thing. All right, so we're gonna be real methodical. We're gonna take this real slow. This five, four, three, two, one, Happy New Year sequence. We're gonna. Oh, I was gonna say, beat, can we skip forward a, approximately yep. eight seconds to forty fifty nine when we 40, see 59. Doug holding court? Uh, w- like amongst an absolute a harem. stable, a harem is the word of yes. floozies of tarts, of floozies. blonde, like they're yep. indistinguishable. They all use the same hair dye, yep. and he is mm-hmm. just yucking it up and preparing for group sex. Absolutely. And <laughs> this Kate is eyes wide shut. <laughs> you see, please. And Kate sees him from across the room. Upstairs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kate sees it. Kate makes eyeball. Yeah. Kate catches uh, catches a little whiff of that, and suddenly her her smile from whatever stupid uh, corny joke Hale face told her a second ago suddenly kind of turns into a little droopy frown because she sees Doug just living it up. Suddenly he found his people. He's in his element. And um, well, now now the shoe is on the other foot because this was Doug just a minute ago yeah. when yes. he saw the face, put his hand on Moira's back. Doug, Doug, you, you could see it. The the blood rushed out of his face. Oh my yeah. god! He, ran he was to so another room to hide. He was so humiliated. <laughs> he, did. he tucked he was, his tail and, this, and ran. His soul <laughs> left his body. <laughs> the only die. thing he could think to do was go hide in an office. Yep. But <laughs> because he's but because he's a, he's the go to guy. Because he's got that dog in him, literally, he decided, no, I'm not going to hide in this room. I'm going to go out and get laid by three women tonight. All blonde. And so the other thing is Moira can, or excuse me, Kate can see immediately. Mm. I also don't fit that paradigm. That's of a really good point. The attractive woman. Yeah. The like blonde thing is, is very deliberate. That's a very intentional choice. All blonde women. And yes. she's just this. And there was a time where I think there was like very much in the 90s, it felt like the uh, iconic imagery of the beautiful woman was buxom blonde. It was like, oh, yeah, it was uh, Pamela Anderson, Pam Anderson, Jenny McCarthy. Beauty is timeless, but it is a little more timeless for Hollywood than for the rest of us. This list of the most beautiful symbols from the 90s is still relevant today. How can they keep their excellent looks for so long? Perhaps there's some secret beauty treatment only available to the super elite. Or perhaps it's just good genes. Whatever their secret, each one of these women is the beholder of a timeless beauty that can't be denied. Let's take a look at some of the 90s goddesses during their prime. Look, I don't really feel like talking anymore. Listen, lady, we can do this downtown if you want. So read me my rights and arrest me. And then I'll go downtown. Sharon Stone became the ultimate 90s beauty symbol after her leading role in the erotic thriller Basic Instinct. 
It also got her a golden globe. I still just go to work every day, and, and the only difference is... Yet. I mean, there are people on the street, I'm, but I don't get it as much as these guys. Jennifer Aniston was one of the most significant beauty icons of the 1990s. Her hairstyle from Friends became a cultural phenomenon and was one of the most coveted looks of the decade. I really consider myself a bombshell. I think if, if people were going to describe Daisy in a word, they'd say, you know, she's hot. And maybe if they were going to describe me in a word, they'd say... Julia Roberts has one of the best smiles in the business. Her natural beauty can make you cry. Oh, what's that? How can you feel about your boy the way you do and sell drugs? Cocaine. It is cocaine, isn't it? Well, it was. But not anymore. No. Michelle Pfeiffer's exceptional bone structure made her a unique beauty. Even though she did her best to avoid being typecast as the pretty girl and pursued more interesting roles. Yeah, it was a hugely great experience. I mean, the, the idea of the experience with Kevin and Larry and this this script and everything and working... Meg Ryan was queen of the 90s rom-coms. Her quirky style, the natural beauty, made for an incredibly charming package. Well, it was hard for me to do just because I got really bad headache and I have a bad neck <laughs> from all those Aerosmith videos. Alicia Silverstone is an actress who teleports you straight back to 1995. She played the romantic lead in movies like The Crush and Clueless, but it was probably her appearance in Aerosmith's video for Cryin' that made her the ultimate girl next door. The, the Jenna Jamesons, like Jenna McCarthy, like all yeah. these people were blonde, was like to be beautiful, and then people that were brunettes were perceived as less beautiful. They were like the nerdy, yeah. awkward Let's ones. Let's take it a step further. Blondes had all the it, fun. Blondes were... Yeah. yeah. It was blondes were like supermodels. Mm -hmm and brunettes were it was just like a different class of of person yeah yes there was yeah. definitely right. a class like, element absolutely yeah um, blondes had the fun i might brunettes just uh, were... drop a little foreshadowing also kind of relates to the tanya harding nancy kerrigan dynamic Very much so <laughs> just gonna indeed. just gonna drop that in not going any further for now for now okay 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 yeah um Let's talk about this five, four, three, two, one happy new year sequence. So we're all holding sparklers, folks. We know how this works. Five, four, three, two, one. Ball drops. <laughs> we all scream, Happy New Year, right? I think technically we start, we start at 10, Chris. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, it starts at 10? I think I think it, traditionally it... Traditionally, it, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, usually, you yeah. know, it, when the but ball... These people are too busy cutting deals that affect exactly. the common man to even count from 10. Yeah. At 10 to so, 5, they're basically saying no more workers' rights. <laughs> we got to make it. We got to go. Oh, we got to go. go. Five, yeah. four, three, two, four, one. Three, two, sparklers one. are So we're all flashing. holding sparklers. It's very, um, it really pops like as a cinematic device, like the sparklers on screen. And then at the party, uh, all the characters are doing this customary thing you do, right? Where you're hugging, you're, you know, people in a friendly way, wishing everyone Happy New Year. Maybe there's a peck. On the cheek, mm -hmm. you kiss a stranger, Happy New Year, but it's a friendly, sort of innocent thing. It's mm -hmm. harmless, it's mm -hmm. friendly, right? So let's let's walk through this here. Uh, so we have, you know, some some harmless hugging and kissing, and then we have um, Moira's dad. He... Yes. <laughs> Let's start with Moira's <laughs> Let's dad. Start. He... Because very tellingly, that is the first embrace that she has. It's not with her yep. fiance. Yep. No, not fiance at this point. Nope. Boyfriend. Boyfriend. I'm sorry, not to get too <laughs> too far ahead of ourselves. Just boyfriend. But it's not it's not a hail slash face that she touches or hugs first. Or it is touches her. Yeah. Her so the first person to daddy the first person to grab her is her daddy and he <laughs> proceeds uh forty one twenty one, you'll yep, find it. I am already I there, Chris. I am I, already there. <laughs> Literally don't need to tell I, me I, Already Absolutely the exact thought he was going in for, an, for an open mouth kiss. Um, <laughs> Dude. But he proceeds to uh, lift his daughter and twirl her in the air and very calmly 
very clearly wants to kiss her on the lips. Um, <laughs> the camera cuts yeah. away before you see what happens. Yeah, no, he has don't clearly him romantic intentions. Um, there's, and they lock eyes. There's a lift and, and a spin, and then a kind of like a laugh, and Kate brings her head back and to like look at him in his face. And, and you're she's like, kind of not sure. Usually, what's when you, next. yeah, you you guys have hugged people in the past. You you hug, and then you separate, right? But this <laughs> yeah. is a hug, and then a pull back while still embraced. So usually, yep. when you do that, you're like, it's it's awkward and undeniably sexual to be hugging someone and have your head back and looking at them, well, <laughs> because the next thing that happens that. is a kiss. Yeah. Yes, but also take it a step further. So if you hug someone, you're chest to chest, and then you pull away, yeah. the thing that's still connected is your waist. Correct. Your pelvic area yes. is sort of smushed together, yeah. right? Also your so chest. Here, I see this scene differently. I see that Jack Mosley is capable of hoisting his daughter in the air. That man's a partner. He could have been a partner. He can hoist her. He can get her up in the <laughs> he air. He is only 40 years old. He's, he's still in his prime. Old. He's still in he's his young. prime. He's the only one that can he's actually so control young. Kate. He's the only person it's that It's alarming to. how young and old the Rocketeer is at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's keep yeah. going. So she kisses Hale. We see some, uh, some general, like, you know, happy, like traditional New Year's Eve smooching pecks on the cheek. Wait, hold on, hold on. You're moving way too fast. No way, not possible. So we have a Doug Doug, Doug kisses. I'll take this. We're taking this person by person. Kiss by kiss. That's just the way this is going. (laughs) We're going kiss by kiss. That's just the podcast this is. (laughs) So Doug kisses a blonde on the lips. Yes. And then he kisses another woman. Yes, that's Um, where I'm I'm at the same sequence. What I'm saying is it turns into like there's some common pecks on the cheek and then it cuts to what looks like Caligula. Just a sea of arms around Doug, wrapping Doug up. It's just this bacchanalia happening at Doug's Doug's Mm -hmm, corner of the room of just Mm -hmm, blonde women. Yeah, it is. Three sirens over here (laughs) who are calling Doug to the rocks. They're literally pulling him off of other women to get a piece of him. He's being yeah, yeah. he's being ripped to shreds by these sirens, these these <laughs> these women who yeah, it is it is a Saturnalia, it is absolute debauchery. Absolutely. So Moira passionately kisses her boyfriend the face, and then we have Anton. Anton, Anton gets a little gets taste. Yeah. Anton Ain't no kisses fun if the homies all... can't have none. Yep, Anton kisses an old lady. <laughs> he kisses an old person, um, and that that's good for him. And then um, to this point, you know, it's all it's all fairly kosher, right? It's all innocent enough. And then we see Doug and the blonde woman that he was speaking with earlier, and now they are making out. Yes, they are making out. Then another blonde that he's been flirting with pulls him away. Mm-hmm. She wants to... Guys, can you imagine making out with one woman and being ripped away from that woman by another woman (laughs) who wants to make out with you? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, this man was temporarily being pursued by 20-plus hockey teams. He's got the goods. They call him the Minnesota machine. Yep. Yep. (laughs) The the Mayhorn. In more ways than one. (laughs) Yes. So we see a hug here between Moira and Anton. They have a friendly hug. I honestly think we have assessed this scene more than people looked at the Zabruder tape. I'm just saying that JFK's assassination had less eyeballs going frame by frame as we are on this New Year's Eve party scene. It's building to a penultimate moment. Um, mm-hmm. And so Doug is being spun from person to person, right? Everyone wants a turn. Doug Everyone is wants dizzy to make at out this with point. Him. He's like, he is playing tonsil hockey. He doesn't even know where everyone. he is anymore. He's even, playing tonsil hockey. I love it. Even the old lady, even the old lady pulls him in for a smooch. He consents, right? Dude. He's totally fine with it. He does consent. He sees her. He she grabs he him. He does not pull away. And <laughs> let's just say she shoots her shot. That old yeah. lady. Yep. Yeah, cougar, cougar in the midst. <laughs> yeah. And then, guys, we have it. We have Doug and Moira, and they are face to face. And this is this is going. You know, mm. they've Michael gone Blazer down. They've down gone the down the line. Yes, they've gone down their respective lines, Time and slows. now it is 
it is just them. They are suddenly face to face. And this is basically the movie Face Off with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. There are there are sparklers, <laughs> there are sparklers flickering, and it is a beautiful shot. It's a perfect shot. It is a painting. Yes. Yeah. There yeah. are I mean, there are multi- t- there are literal sparks in between. It's fairy tale. They are in profile. You know, three four inches uh, separate their noses. They're and their gazing. Eyes are they're gazing into each other's eyes, thinking. Sparks Will are we? literally flying. Yeah. Will we do and this like, or won't we do this? At this point, young boys in the 90s were like, wait a minute, have I been tricked into watching a rom-com? And like right. that was happening also. <laughs> this was like, wait a minute, I thought this was a hockey movie, just a skating movie. And this is like really like, no, we're watching a rom, a rom. So and, yet, yep. this place, just rom. and yet, I don't feel, <sighs> did you guys ever see, Chris, you, may, you might be more familiar as a, as a hoops head. The movie Forget Paris with Billy Crystal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Dan Marley will inbound the basketball. The Suns, one possession from elimination. They're going wild here in Phoenix. Kevin Johnson takes it, moves to the right side. Johnson setting it up, looking for Barkley. We're down to six as Barkley angles for the shot. Barkley to his left. Barkley checking the clock. Barkley with the release. put the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals, the most dramatic victory in the history of the Suns franchise. No basket! The shot was after the buzzer! Game's over! Are you crazy? No, no, Charles! Charles, you didn't get it off! You were late! You got it off! Didn't get it off, Ted! You got it off! You did get it off! that was um i saw ads for it on tv and there were real nba players in it so i paid or asked my parents to pay for a ticket so I could go see that movie in the theater. I saw (laughs) it and I was furious. It was, I was sold a bill of goods. There were like three scenes with Billy Crystal as an NBA referee and like Larry Johnson was in there and I don't fucking remember Carl Malone. And then the rest of the movie was an absolute dog shit fucking slog of a terrible, terrible rom-com. It was a movie for your parents that they tricked kids into watching. The wool was pulled over my eyes. That sensation did not occur when I watched this film. No, that's I was like, I thought I was getting into a sports movie, and suddenly I'm feeling emotions I had never felt as a 10, 11-year-old boy. I'm suddenly realizing... Wait a second. Do I believe in romance? Like That's I, right. yeah, it 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 awoke something in me that I really and and not in a way that I was upset about at all. No, I agree. The film is basically begging these two characters at this point to make out, and once again, what does the filmmaker employ? Slow motion. Mm-hmm. Time is slowing down. The frame rate is dropping. They're, they're looking deep into each other's eyes. Move in, and just when you think they'll kiss, Moira passes Doug's lips and kisses him on the cheek. Well, there's like a little, like a little hesitation, a little s- mm-hmm. stutter step, a little, a little pump fake. Yep. yep, a double clutch, and, su- and then, mm. and suddenly, for me, it felt like we know, we all know the cat is out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. They know, we know, we all know something is going on between them. It is undeniable something is happening. 
and it's much bigger than either of these characters wants to admit. Um, and, and, and in a weird way, it's almost as satisfying, it almost was as satisfying or it would have been as satisfying as seeing them kiss, just knowing like, we all know now. Mm. We all know, like, they can't pretend like there isn't something. Really yeah, they can't take here. that moment back. Even though nothing no. happened, they both felt it. They both knew, and things will never be the same. Correct. 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 And we're in on a secret. No one else at the party knows what the fuck is going on. Because nothing happened. They didn't kiss. Nothing happened. Nope. Nothing nope. happened. But nope. something happened. But, but we know a secret. Something now. definitely happened. So that's that's the party, and we and we crossfade beautifully from the sparklers mm. to the, the ex- and I half to the exterior of the mansion. You know, yep. a, a, a less classy director than Paul Michael Glazer crossfades to just a bed with piles of naked women and dunk. <laughs> <laughs> like that's where this scene could have gone, but yeah. doesn't. Yeah. He is by himself, which leads me to believe that he did not get any action that night. That he knew something happened with Kate, and he said no to every blonde trying to get yeah, his pants. Exactly. So, After that exchange, group sex just didn't have the same thrill, did not it? Not the same thrill. Mm-mm. The thrill is gone, and he is basically staying also what appears to be like in their stable horse house that's been converted into a, yeah. a residency for any local, like, you know, person that's yep. staying at their... Staff facilities. member. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely an outbuilding of some kind. Yeah. Must Absolutely. be nice, folks. This Must is, be nice. This is the facility that you're told, like, please do not use the bathroom in the main house. <laughs> you have a bathroom you there. Use, you have a Some trough. of us would kill to be a horse on that Absolutely. compound, folks. There is a bucket for you in your stable. That's what yeah. you use. So that's where Doug is staying. So he's on the property. He's not, you know, he's been living there, clearly. And the next morning, he's just kind of packing up, and this is when Kate comes in. And they, there's some tension. They know it. Oh, yeah. They felt it's it. It's a little awkward. Who is it? It's me, Kate. Hi. Um, I spoke to Anton. He said that you were leaving for the weekend. What, that's a problem? Oh, no, no, I think it's great. You haven't been home since you got here. I mean, my God, they probably think we've got you under lock and key. Yeah. So, yeah, he's packing up, and uh, she comes into the bedroom, and, uh, you know, she's wishing him a good trip. Uh, he's going back home to visit his family. She mentions her dad is going to book some extra hotel rooms in Chicago for the Nationals. They'd love Doug's family to come join. Nationals are coming up. And it's clear that Doug has not told his family what he's doing and how he's been spending his time. Thanks. My dad said that he booked some extra rooms in Chicago, and we'd love them to stay with us. My family? Yes, to the Nationals. They're coming, aren't they? I don't know. Well, look at all you've done. I mean, they must be really excited. Honey, it's a 7.30 show. You better go. Why wouldn't they come? They'll come. They're coming. Hale's waiting. Well, how do you know they're going to come if you haven't told them? I'm going to tell them. When? Now. This weekend. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Really? Kate, believe me. I'm dying to tell them. And now... He is in the figure skating world, and he's been keeping a secret, and it suddenly dawns on us, this is a... This is a closeted man. This is a man who's been living a lie, who's been living a secret. Yeah. He's been hiding and something it, from his life. For me, ones. it underscores and goes back to the idea that figure skating is a sport for gay people. Yeah. Right? Figure yes. skating literally is homosexuality. That, that's like, what it, this there's a one to one parallel. Absolutely implies throughout. Is like never said explicitly. Again, credit to Tony Gilroy for having the forethought and being way ahead of the curve on this, this category. Cause I think like a, lo- a lesser screenwriter would have been peppering way more like than just like implications about it being a sport for gay men. This has implications in it. Mm-hmm. We can see later, but absolutely. He is definitely hiding this all from his, his doc's brother from the wire season two uh, <laughs> slash the guy who's working the Dorsey penalty. Sabatka. I don't know. They don't know anything. Frank Sabaka. Frank, Frank Sabaka, yeah. that's right. Yeah. You know. But um, this is also a scene that I think is really important where 
if I, you know, the photo on the wall, are we there to talk about the photo on the wall? Come on in. Haven't been up here in a while, not since Brian. Brian had mirrors up all over. Oh yeah, I took them down. It's kind of a mess. I wasn't expecting any company. What's this? It's me smelling the ice. I told this guy once how much I loved the smell of the ice. It became this thing. Somebody got a camera. I never thought about it. I'm not surprised. What's that supposed to mean? I'll be right there. What did you mean by that? I just think you'd skate even better if you let yourself enjoy it a little. Wait, what's this? I come up to say have a nice weekend, and you're going to give me pointers? Well, you're the one who brought it up. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No. Kate sees an image that might be the most absurd photo I've ever seen of just like, this is this tattered image that he's been carrying with him of Doug Dorsey on all fours sniffing the ice in the same way as Spinal Tap's Smell the Glove uh, cover. <laughs> Here it is. This is a stay, isn't it? Here it is, lads. You better turn. Smell the glove, Neil Peters. Gather around. Where's David? David. David, get up here. David, smell the glove is here. Hello, Janine. A moment. We've all been waiting. Here we go. I thought I'd love to see the day. 20 for everybody. Wait a minute. A little fancy. What do you think? Is this the test pressing? No, this is it. Yes, this that's is right. Smell the Glove by that's, Spinal Tap. When that's you the Smell the Glove. That's the, that's the jacket cover that's going out across the country so the compromise every store. Yes. Is it going to say anything here? It doesn't even say nope, anything. it's not going to say anything. So it's just going to be like this, all It's going to be that simple, beautiful, it, classic. It does look like, you know, black leather. You can yeah. see yourself in... Both I wouldn't yeah. feel so bad. It's like a black mirror. So bad. Yeah, it it is. Like well, I think it looks like death. David, it looks death. like morning. Every, I mean, looks... every 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 movie in every cinema is about death. Death sells. I don't think he's right. There's something about this that, that that's so black. It's like, how much more black could this be? And the answer is none. None. Is that good? More black. <laughs> that's like, what is happening? He's on the ground. <laughs> all reference. fours. Like a dog. Like yeah. a dog. He's on all fours. You don't see this as problematic. And Literally with a liquor bottle. They didn't in have a, an awareness of in it. In a yeah. brown bag next to his head in case there was any, yeah, like, you know, uh, doubt of uh, his, uh, his his physical state. His, his... He's wearing a jersey that appears to be a Notre Dame jacket, at least the colors. He's on the ice, wafting the ice mail. And he's got like a, a malt forty bottle in a bag. Yeah, that is a forty. That's that's definitely a forty. Absolutely size. a forty. And this is, uh, you know, this is Doug's memory of his best memories of his past. There's no family photo. Oh, I don't think he has an actual memory. I think that's why the, the photo exists. Because <laughs> yeah. he he was blackout that night. I can assure you. Yeah, but there's no family photos up on the wall. That's not the stuff he mem- he cares about. Yeah. So it's it's obvious that he is feeling detached at this moment, but he's got to go home. He's got to. But home. it's a it's a symbol of what? It's a symbol of something that he actually loves. Yeah. A symbol of something Enjoy. that he is passionate about, um, which is the ice. And he says the line. Um, you know, he he tells Kate the uh, the kind of story behind uh, the thing. Uh, you know, the, the, the photo. Yeah. Basically he's like, Oh, you know, like you'd, you'd be better at skating if you let yourself enjoy it. And she's like, what, what is that supposed to mean? Uh, you know, she gets all in a, in a, in a huff about it. Um, uh, but it's just another one of those moments that, that kind of drives home the fact that, uh, you know, Doug is built different. Uh, he's, he's got a love for the game. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, that's something that he's really got to gotta teach Kate. Um, also, I just have to note, like, I don't know if, if you guys felt this, but I got serious. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, it's not technically a, a Christmas scene because New Year's has already passed here. But this is a, a scene where uh, Courtney, I mean Kate, uh, is coming to say goodbye uh, before, you know, parting for a little, a little time at home, um, which Doug is also taking. And she brings another gift. This time it's a tape of uh, some of their greatest hits that I guess Anton filmed uh, of them, you know, practicing together. I came to give you this. What's that? It's our greatest hits. It's a video for your family of us skating. And I'm thinking to myself, this kind of reminds me of when uh, when Courtney... uh, Left Monty that little gift uh, right before they they parted ways uh, over Christmas break, um, 
and you know, in both scenes, it's a it's a love interest, uh, you know, presenting a, a gift before before leaving. Um, mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, so there's definitely a little a little tension here though, because after the whole oh you'd be you'd be better if you enjoyed it more thing, Kate's like oh so are you gonna bring your family to nationals? And Doug suddenly panics. Uh oh. (laughs) Doug made an oopsie. He's about to. (laughs) Basically, this argument, as Chris has been mentioning, is really kind of the crux of it is the implication of I'm about to out you. You don't out yourself with your family. I'm going to out you. (laughs) Yeah. Like she's like, what do you mean you haven't told your family about this? And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. But like she's angry that he can't accept who he is at this point. Yeah. He was living an alternate lifestyle. Yes. Uh, and this was a different time, and he was from the Midwest, and it just, you know, it was a different time. People were not uh, ready to accept that sort of thing yet. Correct. You've been listening to Switch. 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 Swit